Every perspective has the potential to cloud the judgment of another. Concerning our conversation on today's episode, don't let it. Humility is of utmost importance to the integrity of perspective. Before you judge, criticize, critique, or draw conclusions about anybody's life, understand that you only know what you think you know. You only see what you think you see. You only hear what you think you hear. You only feel what you think you feel. And you only believe what you think you believe. Here's your opportunity to listen to a perspective outside your own. Will you take it? All engine running. It's literally with LC. Um, my name is Lee Charles McNeil. I'm here with my roommate, good friend, senior on the uh, Middlebury football team, Middlebury Panthers, and yeah, Ben Tauber. Hello, hello. <laughs> so him and I are here. We're going to talk about, I guess, a little bit of the process, the progress, um, life, things we go through in college, uh, kind of anything, and see if it comes to a fruition. But I guess to break the ice a little bit, Ben, um, or Tobbs, give me one word that first pops into your head to describe today. Given any of the circumstances that were going on, anything that was going through your mind, one word to describe today. My one word for today would be overwhelming. Overwhelming. All right, I like that word. What do you do today? So, as you know, I graduate in two days from Middlebury, and today was my very last day of classes here at Middlebury. I guess my last class in general. And Elsie and I took this class, an acting class called Creativity Self Change. Good class, great class. Great class, highly recommend. And I just, when we started the class, I thought it was a bunch of BS and didn't think it was going to be anything. And I didn't think I was going to learn anything. And I ended up learning a lot. And today, kind of, I don't know, it hit me that I'm graduating and that I've learned a lot in these last four years. So I guess that's why I'm feeling overwhelmed. That's fair. Do you think it's the, the progression to the end? Or do you think that... It was what you were going in through the class and learning through the class that kind of contributes a little more to that overwhelming feeling. I I bet you it's a balance of both. Like I think that that progression to the end of you know a larger process at whole, like the entirety of college, is is one thing. And then yeah, the class was just like interesting and it, it brought me a new perspective that I'd never had in the prior four years, so. Yeah. Nah, I completely feel that. I mean, for those of y'all, I'm I'm a senior also here with Todd. I'm graduating in the spring, so I have one more semester left. But, I mean, a lot of that overwhelming feeling, I'm seeing seeing you go through it, and I'm like, I know it's coming, right? Especially with the class, because, I mean, with the class ending and the stuff that we were talking, it's called creativity, self-change. Like, the effort, the purpose of it is to get you to change and to do something creative. But, like, in that overwhelming feeling, I don't know, there's something, like, cool about it. Mm. Like, angsty. Because, like, if I didn't feel overwhelmed, would you care? I guess not. It is. I think it's a healthy feeling. Like, um, I guess whenever there's a transition period, you kind of get that kind of anxiety, 
of not knowing what's to come. Um, mm-hmm. But it is. It, I think it's a positive thing. I think like getting comfortable in that feeling can be good. Like or learning to be comfortable in that feeling is good. Yeah. Understanding what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But also, I mean, because I also know a lot of the things that we hang out and do for fun to keep us in that process because overwhelming can be consuming. So it's also like, would you, would you I'll shoot this to you, would, would you say it's okay to, to be uncomfortable? And not only that, but like it, express it in however you need in order for maybe that overwhelming feeling contributes to the mix between comfort and discomfort. How would you assess uncomfort in your time here at Middlebury and how did it serve you, if at all? Being uncomfortable here. Um, and being okay with that. Yeah. Because it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, definitely. Like, I don't know. I, like, I think that like I tend to like try to be comfortable and avoid being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I think that's natural. I think a lot of people do that. Yeah, I But like, so I, I wouldn't say that I like tend to like try and put myself into those situations. But I think when I do end up in those situations, it's okay to let yourself be uncomfortable and it's okay to like recognize that emotion and that feeling and then like try and surpass that anxiety and like be in the moment and I don't know, learn or understand a new angle on it could be anything. Do you think that that uncomfort contributes to you being in the moment? Because, I mean, the reason why I'm asking that is, I mean, me personally, like pain, you know, anything that hurts, it, you have to be there for it. You know, if it hurts, you have to pay attention to it, blah, 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 blah. Do you think that that uncomfort in the slightest puts you here and allows you to find things that were comfortable because of that almost like, shout out to Cheryl Ferron, um, juxtaposition? Yeah, absolutely. Like. I mean, that's just like, that's basically the, the idea of change. Like, no one wants to change, but like, it can be painful, it can be like hard, it can be uncomfortable, but like, whatever it is, like, I don't know, I just think that's the root of change, like, that feeling. So like, understanding that is important. And like, yeah, obviously, like, that's, that's why we're all here is that feeling, like, you know, mm-hmm. like you're not the same person you were yesterday because today you're put in a position that I don't know you'd never been in, and mm-hmm. now you learn something and different. Yeah, have yeah. it. You have a new perspective yourself. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's it's just them all over there, Tom. I like that that change aspect you threw in there. I mean, that's everybody changes, <laughs> but like how quickly, what pace. Blah, 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 but, yeah. All right, I'm going to take, take a little pivot. Uh, not really, not too much of a pivot, but um, a little bit more about you, like what you do instead of what you kind of feel and think about. But, um, so you're thinking back to habits, right? A habit that you, the longer you do it, the less you think about it, right? You think brushing your teeth. You don't think like, oh, I got to brush my teeth this much, this way. You just... You do it, right? There's a lot of other things, but then on the opposite spectrum, 
something that just first started, you think about that the most, right? Say you're taking a test for the first time and you study a little bit, but you've never taken that specific test. Like that's what makes you think the most, right? And if you care, you think you feel more. So in those two things, what habits or activities or things that you do, positive or negative or out of the window because it's just contributing and non-contributing, but what activities do you do that you find stop your thinking? Stop my thinking? Stop your thinking, where it's completely flow state, completely, I don't have to think, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I mean, I can throw out some examples too that, I mean, I have. Um, and you share a lot of them too. <laughs> but um, yeah, it can be a sport, art, painting with Zoe. Well, I have, I, I could have a few things popped in my head immediately. Okay. Um, one of them, and right now I'm thinking of it because it's cold out and it's snowing and we've been doing this a good bit, but it's snowboarding. Uh, snowboarding is one of those things where you have to be where your feet are. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it's like you're saying, you're in that flow state. I feel the same way about golfing. Like I stop thinking, I'm just thinking about what I'm doing, you know? Same with Zoe, like it's, or, or my dog, like with Scout, like, I don't know. All these things that I just find like joy and comfort in, um, like you said, uh, kind of get me to stop the, the, con- wheels. the constant <laughs> wheels going in my head, yeah. yeah. So, okay. yeah, I guess, I guess that's what I'd say. But I don't know, how about yourself? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with you in skiing for sure. Skiing, I mean, when you're going down the mountain, it's, I know you can't think except what's right in front of you yeah. or else you crash. <laughs> and nobody wants to crash. But another one that I was thinking of was um, football, honestly. I mean, mm. Especially being around a group of teammates that are, like, doing the same thing. So it's like everybody's not thinking. Or I should say everybody's thinking about the same thing. Mm. So maybe that's why everybody feels like that. I don't know, but... That's interesting. Yeah, I always felt in football that I was thinking all the time. Really? All the time, yeah. Huh. I mean, that, that might be a, a positional thing. I it, know you're a quarterback. Be, yeah. So that's a lot more. Because you're, yeah, you're doing a lot of reacting. Mm-hmm. And reading other people's yeah. reactions. And I'm a running back. I mean, all I do is run through the hole and get in the trenches. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. I'm on the opposite spectrum. When do you find yourself thinking the most? When do I find myself thinking the most? Um, that's a good question. I think at night when I'm in bed. You said at night when you're in bed. Yeah, and I mull over the day. I think about what happened, and I think about the future, and I guess I just get anxious that maybe I did something wrong or that I'm not doing things the right way to get where I need to be or where... How, where I want to be, I should say, um, in the future. So at night is, you say, when you kind of think the most. Uh, just comparing those two activities, movement's the first thing that jumps into mind. Like the first one, I mean, obviously when you're at night, you're not moving. You're not doing anything. You're only alone with your thoughts and the things that you kind of do. 
But then your first activity was a little more movement driven and less of, uh, I don't know, thinking and, and more of just kind of doing. But in comparing those two things, what is it about moving that you think stops your mind? Because I know, like, video games, right? You take video games. When you're playing a video game and you're the character, you're moving a character, right? He's doing all the things, but you're technically only moving your thumbs. And that's a link that puts you between those two. So what is it about the movement for you that you think, does it prepare you to... Do you already know what's going on? When you move, you don't feel like you have to think. Like, what What do you think is the movement aspect that stops the thinking? Well, that's interesting. Something you, you said when you asked the question was, or you mentioned was, like, you know how to do it. So, like, I think that, like, the movements that I mentioned, like snowboarding and golfing, like, I'm very comfortable with those movements. It's like muscle memory. Same with football, like throwing a football. Like I don't have to think about doing it. And so that makes it easier to like do the movement. Doing the movement allows me to be more present because I'm naturally doing the movement versus mm-hmm. like something I don't know how to do. Like soccer, you know? I'm I'm thinking, I'm like, all right, am I kicking this right? Or, do you know what I'm saying? Like so I, I know what you're getting at though, like moving your body, like even like say you're playing tag or something, like just running around, like mm. I'm not really thinking, you know, I'm, I'm just, my body is going. Read and react. Yeah, mm. so that is interesting. But I could also like counter this with like meditation because mm. mm. that's another time where you're kind of sitting still and I think you can be unbelievably present, maybe more present than at any other time. Because you can recognize when a thought arises, but once it, once you recognize that, you go back to your your breath and you're just there. Huh. So I don't know. I think it's it's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, the meditation because that's that is a good counter because meditation is the activity where you're not moving, and what you're supposed to do is clear your mind. And it's interesting how they combine breath a lot of times with that thought in, thought out. Which is movement. Which is movement in and of itself, but like a different, like a mental movement, I guess you could say, because breathing is, you don't think about that either. Sure. But yeah, that, that is that is a, a really interesting, yeah, cool, cool little comparison there. But all right, all right. So um, I want to mix that with comfort and uncomfort. We were talking about the mix between comfort and uncomfort and how that pushes change. Change is a movement. You hear all the time, BLM movement, um, LGBTQ movement. All those, there's movements attached to the things. In your personal movement, in change, I guess you could say, taking this directly to Middlebury, not broad. What do you think that when you first came here changed a little bit? Give me one activity that you started doing and you don't do anymore. Or you didn't do and you do do now. Hmm. 
Well, that's interesting. What I want to say is what changed is like my friend groups changed, so my activities changed because of that. Like when I got here, I was hanging more like just with football guys. So the activities I was doing kind of revolved around very similar like throwing, mindsets. Lifting. Yeah, throwing, lifting, like, yeah. I don't know. And then just like watching like YouTube and playing Xbox. Yeah. I don't know. Like, and then I met a group of non-football players my sophomore year and started doing a lot more like hiking, snowboarding, um, just random stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So that's kind of what changed like from when I got here to my progression through the time. But I don't know, every year I've lived with someone different. So mm -hmm. every year I've kind of done different things. Mm -hmm. But football's always been a constant. That, like you said, lifting, practice, mm -hmm. throwing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. yeah. Do you think that that constant, it's important to have a constant? Um, it's all I've ever had. I've had football my whole life, so this is the first time I'm without it. So we'll see. What yeah. we still we'll see what's to come. Yeah, but. see what we find in our new concert. Absolutely, me too. <laughs> yeah. Same boat. Yeah. Same uh, last senior season with Tobs here. Shout out. It was a good one. Yeah, yeah. it was a good one. Dude. Seven and two. We did some things. Yeah, it was we, fun. Dude. We had some fun. Yeah. All right. Well, last little gear change. I want to take it back to. A little bit of more innocence, younger ages, mm -hmm. right? So you say your friends changed when you entered Biddleberry and when you came through. And your activities and your habits changed along with it, right? It wasn't necessarily that you were picking the activities. It was more of we're all social creatures. We're humans. We do what the people do around us, right? When you were younger, before you had a concept of these are the friends I want to be around. What would you find yourself doing most often that, I wouldn't say stopped your thinking, but you just, because you never really thought back then. But like, what do you think you just did all the time because it was just fun as crap and let's go? Um, what I think of is riding my bike. Because I used to ride my bike everywhere. Where would you go? I would go... Well, my friends that lived, like, they lived, like, a mile away from me. And I lived on kind of, like, a, a not a mountain, but, like, a pretty good hill, like. Mm -hmm. And so I'd ride my bike down to their house. We'd just hang out. And, I don't know, we'd do random bike rides, go on random trails in the woods, just ride around, and it was a good time. That's cool. <laughs> so bike riding, arguably, I mean, that's a physical activity. That's a yeah. lot of movement driven things in order to get somewhere you have to move somewhere else but um that's how many friends would you usually go with um or was it, was when i was younger it was my just my two good friends okay. uh f friends that i've had forever arjun and carter hey. these two kids i grew up with shout out <laughs> <laughs> that's clean dude arjun were they close to you they yeah they close they lived close carter lived Carter lived far. He lived like five miles, and it was up a hard hill, but we used to do it all the time. That's what. And then when you were leaving, you got to rip it down the hill. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. 
Yeah, that's funny. The going up is always hard. Hell yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So back then, I mean, you obviously weren't thinking when you were just kind of hanging with your friends, hanging with your boys, doing random stuff, right? Okay, fast forward. What what age is that? Um, I'd say like 12 to 14. 12 to 14? Yeah. Okay, fast forward high school. Are you still riding the bikes with those guys? Yeah, but not like we were. Like, because okay. we could drive at that point. So, oh. But where we did ride our bikes was uh, in Rhode Island. Okay. In the summers, we'd ride our bikes everywhere. To the beach, to get food, to do whatever. So that was kind of like where it transferred. And then now when we go there, we don't even, we drive everywhere. So, <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe full circle come one day, you'll have a kid, go back to Rhode yep. Island, buy him a bike, and he's doing the same yep. shit. Yeah, different day. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. All right. So when you were 12 or 13, obviously, what was the thing that, I guess, attracted you to experiences lived? Because, I mean, when we were younger, we just kind of go out. I mean, you said you'd ride around and you ride around your bike, just go random places. Like, it didn't matter, mm-hmm. right? It didn't, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have a preference. I'm just here. Uh, arguably, that's the essence of present, right? What What do you think was the thing that drew you into, I don't matter. Let's go, guys. I mean, it could be your friends, themselves, the activity. Like, what do you think was the thing? I don't know. I think it's that curiosity you have as a kid. Like, everything's so novel. Like, I don't really know how to explain it, but I just feel that as a kid, you're so curious to, like, figure out everything. You see, like, you kind of see the beauty in everything and want to, like, go see it I don't know because yeah. you haven't seen it before and like as a kid it's like kind of freeing to like explore mm-hmm. even if it's not like in that far of a radius you mm-hmm. know hmm. so you don't really I, I mean I, I want to take a personal note off of that because I mean I was always a, a super curious kid and that that was right up my alley man that mm. everything that you just said right there I mean I would go and look outside of down the country I'd I'd see a cow and I'm like, oh, what's mm-hmm. he gonna do? Mm-hmm. Or like, I'd see a tree, I wonder how that feels. Or I'd see, oh, let's go climb it, you know? And I mean, there was those, those terrible twos is when like you're right on the verge of like wanting to communicate and learning how to communicate and talk, but you can't, so you get frustrated. And then you just, it's like a whole new world is about to open up and you know it's coming, but it gets you overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, that's cool. And it, I've always been fascinated in, like, childhood, especially, like, my experience. Like, not even mine. I didn't mean to say mine. I mean, like, our personal experience of it. Because, I mean, I feel like that that sets you up and for what you want to do in the future and what you want to do towards the end. Mm. But, okay, last question. To kind of wrap it up, make it more about Middlebury, and I know you're graduating. Last year at Middlebury... Fall semester, football, 2022. Where did you find yourself gravitating to the most? Not even gravitating is like obsessive, but as far as thinking about, as far as an action done, as far as people you call, 
as far as where do you think that you spent a lot, the majority of your time wanting to be? Well, I mean, the answer is always with like Zoe and Scout. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I tell you, Mr. Cobb. <laughs> yeah. That's family. I mean, Scout's his dog. He's always his girlfriend. People, once you find something that loves you and you love it back, don't let it go. But, all right. Well, that's the end of the show. Um, I want to thank Ben Tauber for being on the show with me. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it, it's been fun and... So, here's my outro. Just like facts, this conversation today only holds context if it's backed with evidence. Nobody other than the person who lived the conversation has the evidence to support the facts presented. So don't sell yourself short and get wrapped up in trying. Nobody asks for your help. Take what's been said and leave what hasn't. Don't try and bridge the gap. Life comes and life goes. When will you notice a difference? Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff.